Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. Now, on to the show. All right, here, here we are, man, streaming from my car with men talking <laughs> mindfulness. Uh, so, hey, what is, what's our saying? It's raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Unapologetic. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't apologize for the, for the pink child seat in the back. Hey, because you know what? I drive a little yellow Fiat, and I'm perfectly comfortable doing that. So here we are, John McCaskill and my co-host, my brother from another mother over there in New York, Will Schneider. Oh, sorry. I got extra volume coming in here. My bad, John. Oh, shit. I know this is not working. All right. Hold on. All right. So, uh, so turn okay. the audio. <laughs> Unapologetic, baby. Yeah. I, okay. So, <laughs> just to you, John, not anyone else. All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway yeah here we are so earlier this week on monday we had liz plank the author of for the love of men and last week we had an intro to that book for the love of men this week or rather this part of this week we regularly broadcast on fridays today we're broadcasting on thursday i'm just going to be out of town next uh tomorrow so thank you for tuning in a day early will thanks for flexing with me and going uh a day early but what we're uh, gonna unpack today after our grounding session and after our mindful moment is we're gonna unpack some of that conversation on monday unpack some of what we didn't get to on monday and then we both of us, Will and myself, sat in a, a great webinar today or part of a webinar, it's a four-part series by Ed Fraunheim and Ed Anderson, uh, authors of another Ed book Adams, that we're- Ed Adams. Ed, Ed uh, Adams. Sorry, Ed, uh, Ed okay. Adams. I got you. Uh, so great, great book that we're reading and they will be guests on our show next month. Uh, yeah, with Reinventing Masculinity is, the, is their book. And we'll put a link to their webinar that they've got going on right now in the comments here shortly. Um, Will, over to you, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, John. Uh, you know, I was really so inspired by sitting in that web shirt, wet, wet, you know, that workshop, that webinar with you, you know, um, and uh, and just really hearing like um, more of this work being said uh, by by other by more people, by men as well. Um, and it was really it was just so inspiring to to listen what they had to say. I'm actually gonna we're gonna read a little bit from their book um uh you know just some excerpts just to kind of advance the conversation that we've already started bring some new language in as well and new concepts uh around masculinity and 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 that big trigger toxic masculinity i'm really excited about talking yeah. uh, today more about also you know i talked to one of our listeners uh lee graham um we shared some time yesterday uh talking about some aspects of the show and i'm nice. looking forward to to sharing that you know and because awesome. uh, and, and, and I just want to give a big thanks and shout out to everybody that's been engaged with the show, sharing the show, listening, commenting on the show. It's like, and tell me how you feel in a second, John, but it's like, it's so inspiring. I feel like I have a, a greater uh, sense of passion for this, a greater sense of responsibility to continue to advance this conversation. 
and um, and just really help men and everybody live healthier lives. So thank you all out there for for giving your energy to the show because I know it feeds myself and I, I know John as well um, that we just keep uh, sure. digging a little bit deeper. Yeah, no, absolutely, hundred percent, man. Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty wild the the dialogue that has been happening in the chats, uh, both on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and uh, and then obviously having Liz on the show and the conversation that we had on Monday. But I also I, I do um, want to get into the the other terminology that Ed and Ed used in this workshop. We'll get into that here shortly. Let's uh, <laughs> We're let's jump in. all day. Yeah. Teasing. <laughs> it's just a, teasing. it's just an hour of teasing. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, uh, yeah, man, you want to uh, you want to lead the uh, the opening, and I'll wrap it up at the end. I, yeah, I would, I would love to. I'd love to. I'd love to. So right here we go. We have our, um, you know, I think this is, we've been doing this quite a bit. So um, create your space. All right. Uh, I, as long as you can hear what we're saying. Uh, and even if you're listening to this on the replay on the podcast or something like that, and you're walking down the street. So try to like make more intentional contact with yourself in some ways. It could be finding your feet. Um, as we walk and you breathe, it could be if you're sitting, uh, you know, make, make interlace your fingers, bring your hands on your thighs, um, you know, maybe even turn away from your, um, you know, from your computer for a second. And just as long as you can hear, that's what matters. So uh, ground yourself down, right, by making that contact, right, whether you're walking or sitting uh, with hands and feet. Uh, have a nice long spine. Let's maybe just roll through your head or, or give yourself some free movement that kind of opens you up a little bit more and relaxes your body and, and also helps to like shift the energy into this place right now instead of like where you were, whatever phone call or something you were doing before. And then see if you can get still. It's helpful sometimes when you want to find more of your breath or just kind of get make more greater contact, hand on belly, hand on chest, if you like. And let's just take a few breaths here, right? So take a big, big inhale. And take a nice exhale out your mouth. A nice cooling, relaxing sigh. There we go. Take another big giant inhale. Exhale, cooling, sigh out. One more of those, big breath in, bigger, 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 more, more, more. Even open and lift your chest up to invite that breath in underneath your top of your chest and exhale, let that go. Let's, let, let, let's allow the breath to slowly flow in out of the nose. So big breath into the nose like we have been. Now really softly, slowly from the very beginning of the exhale, nice and easy. Let that exhale slowly release out. And then I really invite you uh, with just the exhale again, because that's gonna help us relax and calm and open up our mind, our heart, to just give one, however you wanna feel right now, right? Bring that quality of that feeling, right? and activate it in your exhale. So if you wanna feel good or you wanna feel happy or you just, or whatever that is right now, or relaxed, enhance the quality of the action of exhaling with how you want to feel. 
just do a few more and you can see if you take a bigger inhale you have more of that exhale to play with and in the process understanding how incredibly powerful and transformative your breath is Just keep going, bigger breath in. Exhale with that quality of how you wanna feel. Two more. One more big inhale. Let go, let go. And just take last moment here. Just take an emotional inventory. How are you feeling? With an internal selfie, like John likes to say. And just take a picture, an authentic picture, not like, you know, posing for the Instagram, you know, thing, but just a real authentic inventory of how you're feeling. Great, great, great. When you're ready, you can put a little smile on your face and open your eyes and we can come back. And wow, John, always feel better, always more grounded and always more present for you in the show after doing yeah. our grounding exercise. So thank you. No, thank you, man. Uh, always, like, like you said, you feel more grounded. I feel more grounded. Hopefully those who are tuning in, yeah. hopefully they're participating and they feel more yeah. grounded or they're yeah. just staring at two guys doing breathing drill on, on LinkedIn and laughing at us. Yeah, exactly. But hey, hey, if we offer you guys entertainment, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, into the kind of the mindful moment for the week. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Teresa Lorison, also uh, that I, I run some workshops with. Uh, she's a former Marine over in uh, San Diego. And uh, she was telling me about how she's really started to make a point of staring into her children's eyes. Mm. Uh, you know, she's got young kids like I do, uh, a three-year-old and a seven-month-old. And I've got a, a three-year-old and an almost two-year-old. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Three-year-old and almost two-year-old. Uh, and, uh, and this past weekend, my wife took my little girl out to Lake Tahoe and they did some skiing. And then uh, it was just me and my little boy here in, in Colorado Springs. And we talking about masculinity and, and male bonding. Uh, you know, I think I talked a little bit about this on Monday. You know, my, my little boy wanted to put the dress on and run around in the dress. But I also really connected with him. Granted, this is over the same period of time or the same weekend, but I took some time with him just to be quiet. Now he's barely talking, saying a few words here and there, but I took some time just to be quiet with him and really look him in the eyes and just the amount of emotion and and uh, intelligence that you can see in just a, a two, almost two-year-old uh, their eyes w was incredible. And, and I, I think just in those few moments that we did that, we bonded, at, at, you know, in, in, a, in a way that we haven't before. And I think that I, I had to bring that up because it ties directly into our conversation about mm. masculinity and what masculinity is, defining masculinity, defining what it's not, 
defining what toxic masculinity is and what that's not and uh, and everything there. So I thought that was a, a mindful moment that I should bring up for the show. Yeah, way to go, yours, it's, man. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and, and the children at, at that such a young age are incredibly so vulnerable, so open. So I can only yeah. imagine like, and, and just so available to those feelings and just to have his own father who, you know, I mean, you're, you're like, you're his like, you know, his, uh, his God, a God in some way in his, in his life, you know, just to be able to like take his own father in like, I, that, that's really cool. Yeah, it's so, pretty cool, man. It's really cool. So I really appreciate hearing that. Uh, my uh, mindfulness moment this week is like, I, I, I kind of come back to um, forgiveness again, you know, for myself, like I, I don't know what it is, John, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm working hard, you know, th you know, things are really great. But, you know, I'm not necessarily doing all like the physical things I want, like, I'm not, I, I started running this year, I'm not running, you know, I'm not working out like I like to, you know, I do all these like high intensity interval trainings in my little, in my studio here in New York. And I haven't been doing, you know, the training that I wanted. Um, and then, you know, I think the mindfulness is, or, or the, the kind of the switchover and the forgiveness part is just, you know, really letting myself know, like I'm doing the best I can with the time I have. And, you know, and, and, and also we're kind of, uh, you know, maybe as an excuse in some ways, we're kind of in this hibernating phase right now. And it's okay if I'm not super hyperactive and like, you know, I mean, I still feel great. But um, when I, but I'm also being aware of, you know, beating myself up in those moments and trying yeah. to change that script because if I'm beating myself up in the morning, like I'm going to be carrying that beat self up, you know, kind of attitude most of the day. So um, that's like, so just being okay with what I'm doing right now with the time I have. And um, I think it's nice. So many people need to, to really start to practice that. We talk about compassion a lot on, sh on this show. We've also talked a lot about self-compassion and how important that is. And I know Ed and Ed talked about that this morning as well. Yeah. Uh, and during uh, this pandemic, during the winter months as well, you know, there are so many um, reasons we can give ourselves to one, feel sorry for ourselves, but also reasons uh, that are legit. There are legit. There are legitimate reasons for why you may not want to get to the gym, or may, why even getting to the gym may not be a good idea. Maybe you need some rest. So give yeah. giving yourself that compassion, but at the same time, give yourself compassion, but don't give yourself an easy out, right? So there's yeah. there's that that yeah. there's that balance, and I think that that's yeah exactly that yin and yang and finding that line, but appreciating yeah. both sides of the line too. So uh, yeah. good on you for yeah. for for that, man. Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I um, um, do we have so much to talk about, John. Like, where, like, um, should we introduce some of the content? Of, yeah, of let's Ed, Ed books, or or we want to go. Yeah. we're also so just so well, everyone think... knows what lay of the land today. Our listeners <laughs> out there, you know, we're gonna we're gonna um, you know, we kind of mined a bunch of the comments um, that are gonna help forward the show um, from. Um, from last com or, or last time with Liz, we're going to try to get through some of those. Um, also, some of the questions that John had for Liz that we didn't get to, maybe we can talk about. Um, but uh, that's just kind of lay of the land. So, uh, where uh, where should we start, John? I, I think uh, so that we get people um, off the defensive, because <laughs> I think I think that term toxic masculinity that came up several times, and even Liz said that she was trying to find a way to write the book without 
the term toxic masculinity in it because of how volatile it could be. Right, let's right. let's let's use a different term. And it was a term that Ed and Ed used this morning that I really love. And you've got it right there uh, in your book that we could uh, that we can yeah, find. Yeah. And that's well, the confined masculinity. Right. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that. And then and then we can get into some of the comments from the show on Monday and then some of the yeah. things that we may not have talked to Liz about that, that we had written down that we never got around to. So, yeah, start yeah. There. fantastic. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to start with uh, actually a part in their preface and then I'm going to then I'm going to go into um, the, the definition of their confined masculinity. And um, I want to read this this part of the book where they talk about imagination. Um, because I, I, I think that it's, well, I'm just going to read it and then we'll talk about it for a second. Okay. So finally, a word about imagination. And this is in uh, Reinventing uh, Masculinity uh, from Ed and Ed, Ed Adams and Ed uh, Frongheim. Um, here, and here they go. Quote, I finally, finally, a word about imagination. If we, if we couldn't imagine flying in the air like a migrating bird, man flight would not be possible. All the engineering trials and errors and hours of focus work built the first plane, but that was possible first and foremost because it existed in imagination. This book provides practical information for breaking free from an obsolete, obsolete way of being, obsolete way of being a man and for moving to healthier, powerful and expansive masculinity. But the book will be most effective when you engage your imagination, where you consider how masculinity can be reinvented in your personal life, in your place of work, and your community, and in, in our world. Thank you for imagining along with us. Boom. Nice. Uh, that's that's end great. the show and, right and, there, man. Yeah, I know, I'm done. I got to the mic. We're out, we're out, we're out. Um, yeah, and I think it's like, you know, and, uh, um, and we'll talk about confined masculinity in a second, but you know, I, I, I words are really powerful, like really, really powerful. And uh, and 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 I, and, I, and when we go, I think so far into the power of those words that it takes us away from the uh, other possibilities of other words and the imagination that is also inherent within those words. Um, you know, then then it just becomes uh, then it becomes almost like a, a war of words in some ways. Um, yeah. And because also these words are so powerful, we begin, especially that we're toxic, uh, we like hang ourselves emotionally on that, on those words, um, instead of like staying open, staying receptive, staying compassionate, and living in imagination for, for redefining um, something that uh, something else that's possible. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything, should we go to confined? Yeah, Man, yeah, I'm let's, sure. well, I'll tell yeah. you what, before we actually move to a new term, let's you, you and I discussed a phone call that you had this week with one of our listeners Lee yeah. Graham and you yeah. got into exactly what is toxic right it's not I'd love yeah. let's go through that and then go through the next word or yeah next, I, uh, that's yeah term. great oh wait yeah way to take charge John I love it okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the director man. You. yeah I know you're the commander <laughs> so um so uh, I had a great conversation, and and I, and I and I asked if I could mention his name on the air. Lee Graham, who uh, I mean, he was very active in our comment section with Liz, and 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 basically throughout every episode we've done. Uh, he's in Texas. I'm in New York. We talk. I don't know why I said Texas when I'm not really like that, but uh, I'm from New York. We we, we talked on uh, yesterday morning for almost over an hour actually, um, and uh, 
uh, first off, Lee's just a, a gentleman, father of five, great man. Like, I mean, he, he, you can, I just felt I'm when I was talking to Lee. Quick. Yeah, yeah. That he's, he's, he's coming from that heart space. You know what I mean? He's coming from the heart space, which, which like we bonded right instantly around that place. And uh, he's like, he goes, Will, he goes, what I really struggle with about the whole, that concept of like toxic masculinity, right? And, 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 and which means like, you know, we kind of broke down the semantic toxic masculinity and like, you know, and, and like how they immediately kind of, we assume that men are toxic or all men are toxic or the conversations go that way. Um, and then we just started to kind of hash out this whole idea of, of toxic and, and toxicity. And, uh, and what we kind of grounded down into, it's like, it's not that men are toxic. It's, it's, it's the values of what we'll talk about confined masculinity, right? Which we'll talk about it, that, uh, that, that creates toxicity, not only to the man himself, right? But also to other people around him. And, 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 uh, we'll, and we'll define those values uh, when we talk about confined masculinity. But I really enjoyed that conversation with, 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 uh, with Lee um, and really being able to understand it's like not like men are not inherently bad and toxic masculinity is an extremely triggering term in a lot of ways and I think it should be because it's also I like it too because it's a wake-up call because <laughs> like, like look how many people stopped and, and thought about this and started commenting on it um, and that's what we're trying to do here John is to really um, uh, provoke and, uh, and, and incite right a, a good honest compassionate conversation about yeah. how we can be better men in the world in order to become better men we have to know where we are right and then yep. we bridge the gap to where we want to be um yeah any thoughts yeah. on that yeah yeah absolutely i think you know uh, i think you hit hit the nail on the head there's this is not masculinity in of in and of itself that's toxic there's there's right. aspects of it that are and right. i think one of the main aspects that we hit on last week is just being inauthentic is, is and, and, and not allowing people to be their authentic selves. So one, not allowing yourself to be your authentic self. And then two, suppressing other people's from, from being their authentic self. So like, hey, you know what? If, if my little boy wants to wear a dress, hey, whatever, let yeah. him run around in that. I'm not yeah. gonna suppress, suppress that. Right. Uh, you know, and and then and also as, letting other men come in. It's like, yo, why you wear, why you let yourself yeah. wear a dress? Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh. Like, what's up with that? Like, yeah, yeah I now I put on my masculine. <laughs> I, I, I dare, I dare a man to come into my house and tell me how to raise my son. They're gonna see some toxic masculine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Looks right kidding. back. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah. So the other side of things is is as as men with other men. Like, you know, hey, if if a uh, if a man tears up or if a man starts showing any type of emotion, people are like, hey, man, suck it up. Stop being a girl. Stop being a, a woman. Yeah. Stop being a lady. And it's like, really? Yeah. That's that's toxic. That yeah. is toxic masculinity is suppressing somebody else from expressing who they are or suppressing their emotions. Um, and that suppression ties directly into the confined masculinity word that Ed and Ed use. I'd love you to, to read that definition. All right, here we that go. Handy. All right, enough teasing. <laughs> All right, really? <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is, again, from Reinventing Masculinity, um, which we're going to share you know, on our website and everything like that. So I'm really excited. These guys are coming in March 5th. March 5th, we have these two guys on. 
So confined masculinity focuses on a man's separateness more than his sense of belonging. For example, many confined men believe they should keep emotions to themselves, be self-sufficient, show no vulnerability. Confined masculinity also has a fundamental fearful outlook, a mindset of scarcity and ever-present danger. Wow, that one hit me when I read that. Um, mm -hmm. Confined masculinity effectively puts men in a defensive crouch, ready to snarl at perceived threats, uh, <laughs> predisposed to lash out, and um, stuck with a distorted view of their surroundings. Wow, uh, that's pretty intense. Should I read it one more time? Yeah, let's no? do it. Yeah, okay, one more time. Like, I, I think right. even some of like, even some of the comments that I'm reading just right now, um, yeah. you know, we have. And you know, I'm not going to get combative on on this, yeah. but that you know, I, I think the definition that you read there may help some people to understand what it is we're talking about. We're not yeah. talking about we're not yeah. talking about emasculating all men. We're not talking yeah. about it, no. turning all men into no. yeah. feminine no. versions of themselves. What we're talking right. about is taking some of the chains off and allowing them, allowing ourselves to be who we truly are. And I think that's going to get into the yeah. next. Yeah. I mean, the next definition is the liberation, right? Uh, which Liber which, which I, of, I haven't got to that part of the book yeah, yet, no, it's, John. It's so fine. It's, it's fine. So I'm but but I'm going to read it again, right? Yeah, um, and I just thought, again, uh, you know, coming back to imagination, right? So just be open, right? And also, what they're defining here is the toxic part of what. Liz's book was about the toxic masculinity. These toxic values, right, are in this definition. And and um, and and and, and yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read. Okay, here we go. Going back. Okay, confined mas confined masculinity focuses on a man's separateness more than on his sense of belonging. For example, uh, many confined men believe they should keep emotions to themselves, be self-sufficient, and show no vulnerability. Confined masculinity also has a fundamentally fearful outlook, a mindset of scarcity, and an ever-present danger. Whew. Confined masculinity effectively puts men in a defensive crouch, ready to snarl at perceived threats, predisposed to lash out, and stuck with a distorted view of their surroundings. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's eye-opening, and and I'm glad you read it twice because there's yeah. even things that I heard the second time that because I, I yeah. haven't started it's the book. It's loaded. It's loaded. Yeah, you know? it's loaded. Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, and and I think that's that's a uh, a more palatable term. Yeah. So yeah, reading I, into I masculinity agree. by Ed and Ed, um, yeah. and 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 especially when you define it, you see what's wrong with it, right? right. You right. see that you know as a leader. Let's say you're a leader of an organization, a leader of a family, a leader of a group of friends, whatever. Mm -hmm. As a leader, you can't have that that view that you're separate from. You know, we we need that view that we're together, and we need a view where we are not on the defensive all the time, ready to snarl in that crouching position, where right. we can accept people when they come to us with different ideas or different views, so we're not instantly on the, the attack. Um, right. And I think that's where the, the, I guess the toxic side of that confined masculinity actually comes in right. to play again. Yeah. So yeah, I love it, man. And uh, for anyone who's curious about 
Ed and Ed, we've got them coming on next month, uh, yeah. reinventing masculinity, but they've also got a workshop right now. I think they just did the second of four uh, webinars. Uh, and there's a there's a link in the comments if you're interested in joining their their webinar on how to be a happier and healthier uh, man um, and 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 still display masculinity without being toxic and without being confined. So right. check that link out if you're yeah. interested. So all right, now <laughs> all the teasers. Well, were I, I think one, to say one, one thing, John. It's like that. Just think of that word. I like the word confined. Like confined means yeah. limited. You know, I'm stuck in a box, right? I only have, you know, a certain way of doing things or a certain way of feeling, a certain way of, you know, relating to myself and other people, you know, and that's like, I mean, I don't want to be limited, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be toxic either, right? But this confinement, it's like, I don't want to be limited. It's like, what is, you know, that brilliance that I, that, that I have? And, and I think that's what life is so much about is like going in and mining more of that brilliance. What can I do? What am I capable of? And it's not just always coming from that place. When I say that, I'm feeling, oh, it's just achieving and, and success. It's like, how can I be more involved in my relationships? How can I be you know, a better man to other men? How can I be a better man to boys? How can I be a better man in, in every single aspect of my life? Right. Yeah. And that's gonna take, that's gonna take, that's gonna take work, you know, especially yeah. if you we geared up with uh, you know, the the toxic or confined masculinity, you know, protocol for most of our life. <laughs> Right. So. Yeah. You know, what really, really jumped out at me was um, uh, one of the ads, I forget which one it was, was mm -hmm. talking about uh, a, a retired military officer yeah. who okay. had always, yeah, who had always, uh, you know, been a leader, right, in the, in the military. And then he considered himself a leader in his family. And that's great. You can be a leader in your family. Um, and I think that honestly, in, in, in my family, there's a that role moves between myself and my wife uh, yeah. periodically and sometimes it's me sometimes it's her sometimes I need to lean on her sometimes she needs to lean on me mm -hmm. but this guy um, he had always when he was having a conversation with his wife would have the conversation with her from behind his desk oh, yeah. as though as though he were um, you know the boss and she was an employee and a lot of, I think a lot of men have those relationships, not just with their wives or significant others, um, but they have those relationships with everyone. Right. They have, yeah. they have a, I'm a boss and you're an employee, like right. perception and, mm -hmm. and that can kill relationships or yeah. prevent relationships from flourishing into something much more than just a transactional relationship. I think that's what yeah. they refer to it as, um, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's really powerful. That actually, <laughs> I don't know if we're ever gonna get to the comments from Monday's show, but it, it brings it brings me to one of the things that we had that we were gonna ask on Monday's show that we never did to one another. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, okay, I said so, it again. I, was, I read a yeah, comment, so, John, my apologies. Yeah, yeah no, no, you're good. So it was, it, it, I, I was still planning on asking the question. It, it brings me to um, one of the questions that we had to ask on Monday that we never got around to that we were going to ask to one another. And it's the question is, would you feel comfortable with any of the men in your world, in your life, sharing the same things that you would with your female friends, with your close females? And I, I will tell you, um, you know, 
excluding my wife, because obviously my wife is my best friend. So I'm going to share a lot with her. But and I, she's I a woman take, too, you know. She, she is a woman, but she is a woman yeah. too. But I want to take yeah. her out of the equation so it doesn't skew the skew the answer. Right. Mm-hmm. I am going to share a lot more right now openly with a female friend than I will mm-hmm. with most men, with most male friends. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm changing that because of how being vulnerable with male friends can actually further those bonds, strengthen those bonds and yeah, show effect. strength. Yeah, yeah. and that and exactly the ripple effect goes off. So I want to throw right. that over to you, man. How, how would you feel like sharing uh, something that you were um, maybe a vulnerable, just showing vulnerability, period? Yeah. How would yeah, you feel? I, uh, no, thank you, John. And, and, and I, you know, I, I, I'm lucky. And, uh, and I think I worked in these relationships too. Like I have, uh, um, you know, I have, uh, my, my, one of my brothers, like share anything with him, everything like, you know, he just, he's, he's my brother, you know, uh, and he's, he's my best friend and, and I'm able to open and talk to him. And, uh, I actually, ha- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, John, like I, you know, I've been in New York a long time, you know, it's rather progressive society in a lot of ways, and, and which is, I think, a gift, uh, you know, as you really want to develop, uh, you know, anything you want to do in your life. But I have some probably a, a couple friends I could actually share deep things with, you know, nice. I've like heard of a relation. I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky. But it's like, but also I think what you said, uh, the last thing you said about your male relationships and having a vulnerable conversation with them is like, I've kind of, I've been that guy. Like I've been that guy in our relationships and um, uh, you know, often just like, Oh man, I'm struggling with this or I feel like crap or whatever, or this girl or something, you know, or like, I'm feel like a failure or something like that. And, um, and me, like you mentioned, it's like uh, it's like a tuning fork or a lightning rod. Like I start getting open and vulnerable and all of a sudden it just creates an invitation for them to walk in. And now yeah. it's like, as I stay open and as I keep having these conversations and not being afraid, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm seeing our relationships begin to change because they're bringing me more of, of their like, their like th- stuff that they're struggling with, but they struggle with a hell of a lot less, right? When they talk about it with another man, like it's really inspiring to, and it feels so good to connect with like, to connect with i mean it's, it's different when i'm connecting my girlfriend or i'm connecting with you know other other or women in my life or my mom but to have there's something john about when i talked to lee the other day there was this just just this wonderful respectful honest compassionate bond that was just flowing between the two of us and nice. uh and it would just, and i wow. never talked to a guy before in my life you know that's but incredible we just we just, we just, we, 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 we didn't play the game. Uh, and I think this is what happens often. Um, and, uh, the game of who's right, right. Everyone yeah. loses when you play the game of who's right. And that's, that whole concept comes from, um, NVC, nonviolent communication, Marshall Rogan, Rosen, Rosenberg, uh, who's brilliant, bro. You really want to like, that's where we should all start as men in some ways, just as people, right. With nonviolent communication, but nobody wins that game of who's right. And, and I, and I know a lot of, uh, my other male relationships uh and even in my family like we're always trying to be like the puffy chest you know like who's right or put other people down and and or or, or just kind of so you feel more important because of the insecurities that you have because because of your lack of, of the ability to be vulnerable and be compassionate and connect honestly and authentically yeah so 
That's yeah. wild, man. <laughs> we, we, we men are walking contradictions. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah, like, but thanks for asking our, that question, John. That was yeah, nice. Man. It was very nice. Yeah. 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 So, all right. <laughs> we're, we're 35 minutes into the show. Let's, let's get in some of the comments that we wanted to, to address <laughs> from Monday's show, man. Um, let's see. Um, I've got the document open in front of me here. Um, but I don't know, were there any in particular that you wanted to hit up first? Uh, let me just take a look, John. Sorry. Um, I thought, oh fuck, where's that document? Um, while you're, while you're doing that, um, yeah, go what ahead. I'll do, you, you, you dig through that and mm -hmm. I'll dig, I'll go through the document that we had on Monday. Uh, okay. and, and just touch on a couple points that we never actually got around to, but I want to make sure that people, if they don't get a chance to read Liz Plank's book, again, for the love of men, there's some great things that she highlighted in there. One, uh, I, I don't know if we got to this one, but which she called, obviously we talked about the man session, but she also talked about the great suppression. And that's how uh, depression actually manifests itself differently in men and and not only does it manifest itself differently in men we don't know how to talk about it we don't have the tools to talk about it we don't have the language to talk about it and yeah. she she used this term that hit me like a ton of bricks man um it can cause serious issues in relationships it can cause a woman to be a married widow and and oh, uh, the reason that hit me like a ton of bricks was i think in my first marriage um i was i was completely non-communicative. Uh, I went through depression that I was not able to process properly and I was not able to have a healthy and uh, productive relationship with my with my ex. And she was, I, I think, a married widow in that respect. Um, and she says, it's called emotional re restrictivity. It's something that is learned. It is not innate to biology, which is really interesting for me. Um, and then, uh, and, and then uh, I just have four other things that she brings up and uh, I'll just hit on the, the bullet points. One, she talks about paternity leave and how paternity leave and maternity leave, how they're different and how so many men are like, well, you can, you can, you know, be there for the birth and be back at work an hour later and, and how ludicrous that is because really there's a lot of help that goes into a relationship and how, how the countries that had a more equitable paternity versus maternity leave policy, how those countries are actually doing a lot better in, uh, in, um, uh, female equalities. Um, and also, which, and John, I'll say with that point um, is the bond with the child. I mean, yes. like how important yeah. is that? You know, like Huge. how incredibly important is uh, those first hours, those first several days, the weeks of, of yes. like you being a male figure in that child's life, whether male or female. Right. 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 I mean, like, and, I mean, and what, what is your, you know, I mean, I don't know if they have studies on this. It's like, you know, the absentee father, you know, shortly after birth versus like the father that stayed home for three months or even like right. five weeks. Like what yep. is that child turning into? So yeah, I think I tagged you in a post earlier this, this week where it had, you huh. know, um, uh, the dangers of, or manliness or lack of there's the man crisis or something like that. One of them yeah. was without uh, a father interacting with their child regularly, uh, or or a or a I won't even say a father, but a masculine uh, personality interacting regularly with a child. There can be 
uh, lack of connection, lack of empathy, lack lack of compassion, because uh, I don't want to exclude the, the same sex uh, couples. Um, and then uh, we talked about incarceration, or rather, Liz talks about incarceration in her book and how how uh, so many people, first of all, are in uh, unfairly incarcerated, and then how that has a rippling effect through families. Uh, specifically in the African-American and people mm -hmm. of color families, which uh, just mind blowing to me. And uh, I have to admit my, my ignorance as a, as a, a, a white man um, in, in that respect. Um, and then guns and suicide, um, oh. how, how men, when they do take their lives, typically take it in a very dramatic form and guns are like off the charts as far as that being the weapon of choice to, to take their lives with and uh, how the countries with lower uh, weapons in the homes have mm. dramatically lower uh, suicide rates. And she even addresses the fact that, you know, this common argument is if somebody's going to take their life, they're going to take it anyway. It's not true. It's, it's shown that a lot of time the people who take their lives with a gun won't take their lives in another method and it's uh really fascinating points that i wanted to make sure we brought up at some point yeah missed it on monday but that's that and also the suicide rates john 70 percent of all suicides are men 70 percent yeah. i mean that's like and it's like good if you i mean it's not surprising like if you're brought up as breadwinner and you know and like and protector and you can't do those things yeah. right and, and you're already living in the confined masculinity like that set of values, it's like, oof. like, yeah. I mean, you're gonna yeah, totally. feel pretty shitty, I think, you know? Yeah, So no doubt, um, no doubt. I'm trying to right. grab a comment here, John, but if there's another thing that you, you know, uh, wanna talk about another question, go for it. Yeah, um, let's see. Um, I had one other one, I'm trying to think. Um, the Great Suppression. Um, what we've learned. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. This one was also really fascinating to me. <laughs> Sorry guys. We're all over the place today, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think we're, we're recapping. A lot. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully teaching, hopefully teaching a lot. Um, so she talks about, um, she has these uh, like little, what she calls a mouche bouches, like little appetizers in between chapters. And she has one that is a, a, a transgender male. Uh, so how he, when he became a male, yeah learned the good things of being a man because for some reason, I guess it's the social norms, when he would walk into a meeting and would start addressing the group, people would listen, which he had not seen when he was a female. When he, would, he would have to really try to talk over people in order to get them to listen. Whereas as a male, when he would walk into a room and start talking, people would instantly listen. So right. that one, that's, you know, one good thing about uh, being a male. I'm not saying that's, that's right. I'm not saying that, Hey, I walk into a room and I expect that. I'm just saying that's what right. he as a transgender male saw. But the flip side of that coin was um, soon after uh, he made the transition to being a male, I, I, I want to say he, it was, he had lost his mother. He lost his mother. Um, and, mm -hmm. and the first thing people started coming to him about was, funeral arrangements and they started addressing administrative things financial things with him and nobody asked him how he was feeling and yeah. he felt completely alone and wasn't able to go to his now male friends about how he was feeling and finally somebody who had known him as a female before came to him and asked him 
how are you feeling? And that was the first time. And it was, it was days later that somebody actually asked them an emotional question rather than administrative financial, you know, the process yeah, linear, like, or yeah, exactly. transactional, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, right. I, you know, I wanted to bring up that, that, you know, those are aspects we never would have known about really unless we unless we talk to somebody who has experienced life as both a male and a female um right. and, yeah. and that's the the transgender lessons that were in that book were really eye-opening to me as a as a straight male who kind of just has my my own my one experience here in this life as as a straight male and then i don't know what what it's like to be anything else so that just opened my eyes to another angle so that was it. Yeah, I, I remember that that uh, Bouge, how he talked about how he was like immediately pressed into this confined masculinity, like pressed into it, like he had to be a certain way instantly, you know. Yep. And and it was and it was very um, confusing for him. It's like what what the fuck's going on? Like why do I need to act like this? Like what you know? It's like <laughs> what I, I don't I don't understand, you know. And um, wow, uh, well. We're at, um, we didn't get any of our comments. It's, at, it's already at quarter let's, after. Let's take a look at uh, the comments yeah. on the show here. What do we got? Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm just I'm just being note of time right now. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, let me read this one. Okay, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, man, go for it. Uh, what's up with this? Okay, here we go. So this is by, um, this is uh, Sean uh, Sant, um, who wrote a comment on our last post. He goes, um, uh, so my question is pretty simple. I was raised with three strong women, mother, aunt, grandmother, uh, Irish Sicilian. Hey, I'm, I'm an Irish Sicilian too, a little bit. We got some German in there too, Sean. Hey, right? and Sean, um, Sean's right here in Colorado Springs too. I'm, I'm going to be oh, linking up with go, him soon. There you go. Got a coffee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the only male figure was extremely disengaged. Uh, so no influence. What happens to that male? Is there a brief uh, that is there a belief that toxic masculinity is still feasible even after an upbringing uh, with that strong of uh, female influence? And this question really influenced me, so I'm going to keep going. So I, I'll just go back. Is there um, a, a belief that toxic masculinity is still feasible even after an upbringing uh, with that strong um, of female influence? What about this major change with female combatants, female Green Berets? Now with um, now, so how does that work? Um, where where is the maintenance of of their or where is the maintenance of their femininity? Feminine cross like craft CrossFit athletes and today crush their male counterparts. Um, well, I think I want to say you know one thing about I mean Sean. I mean having a, kind of a female dominated upbringing in a lot of ways, um, and I, th I think that's like you have sisters, John. I don't have any sisters, Ooh, you know. Three sisters. And, um, I think, you know, but I also think like that masculinity and toxic masculinity starts at like, you know, the, you know, the play in the playground starts at that school grade age when you like you start hanging out with other boys and all of a sudden, you know, they want you to be a certain way, you know, or they expect you to be a certain way. And then they also like, you know, uh, I, I, I remember changing schools when, when I was in fifth grade, John, I went from public school to a Catholic school, left all my friends at a very vulnerable age when I was like nine or 10 years old. And the first time I had a fight, John, and I was, I was literally fighting because the boys, uh, this, this group of like four or five boys, um, they, I was a newcomer. They felt threatened. And this is, we're nine or 10 years old. They felt threatened. And, um, and they wanted me to like, 
kind of like get in line with like the lead, you know, boy of this group. Yeah. And I was like, no, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I, I was the first time I was fighting and it was like, and it was really hard. It was really new feelings were opening up for me. Like I, it was, it was, I eventually, you know, it, it all worked out because of my athleticism, you know, like, you know, I, I, I kind of won them over in some ways. It took a little while, but uh, you know, I think it comes in not just that female influence in the home, which is huge. I mean, I'm sure your sisters, John, if you want to talk about that, had a giant impact still to this day, I would imagine having in your life. But it's also like masculinity just or toxic masculinity or confined masculinity just isn't discovered or, or, or brought or educated or in the home. It's, you know, it's in several different places. Like, I mean, coaches, you know, are could be a, uh, uh, a huge proponent or a huge yeah. uh, of, 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 of promoting toxic masculinity, teachers, same things like that. So uncles, you know? Um, so that's, yeah, uh, I thought that was really interesting. We and, talked about, uh, we, you know, we are, we've talked about positive and negative influences in our lives, as far as our uh, fathers, uh, other men in our lives, coaches, and coaches, uh, I mean, I, I basically think of my high school cross country and track coach as my as my second dad, um, and he's ha nice. he's had a huge influence in my life. But if he had been very toxic, um, you know, like beating me beating me down or or telling me, hey, you know, stop running like a girl or something like that, which he did not, he did not do that. Um, then you you could definitely see how a coach could help to propagate the ideas of of toxic masculinity. And I'm sure that happens all the time. Um, and going back to Sean's question about, um, you know, uh, uh, the femininity, the maintenance, I think, what did he say? Fe the femininity maintenance of green berets and special operators who are- Oh were, yeah, uh, yeah. what about the major change the uh, with female, oh, I'm sorry. What about the major change with female combatants, female green berets now? Uh, yeah. So how does that work? Uh, where is the maintenance of their femininity? Yeah, so. well, I think that, you know, I think that the the toxic masculinity phrase that we've used, uh, you know, through several of our shows in the past, uh, and specifically in the past three, um, that again comes to suppression of people being their authentic selves. And, you know, if those if those women want to be Green Berets, and those women want to be superstar CrossFit athletes, that that's their, hey, that's their prerogative and suppression yeah. of that. That's that's the toxic side. If they want to be that way, let them be that way. If, if a man wants to be uh, more effeminate, hey, that's that's their authentic selves. I think right. if we suppress the authenticity, that's where I think really the term that we're what we probably should use is uh, authenticity suppression. And that's uh, yeah. that's that's where things really start to get dangerous. If you're suppressing somebody from being who they truly are inside, that's when things get toxic, whether you know, whether they want to uh, err towards the more masculine side or err towards the more feminine side, regardless of gender. That's where uh, that's where things get a little complicated and get start to get toxic so yeah i think that's probably a good place to wrap it up man yeah i, I was i'll just say one thing that for, again i'm inspired by my conversation with lee and i just remembered it was like i think what really helped our conversation was uh and i think for every, anybody entering this conversation going back and listen to other episodes about this and, and really feeling triggered 
um, you know, what, what I'm feeling we're, we're continually doing, John, and I think we're doing a pretty good job of it, is like we're trying to find just like find a common ground, like find like, you know, one of the teachers uh, in Buddhism is like the middle way. And so it's not like too much. It's not all about toxic masculinity. It's not hyper femininity. It's like what is what's in the middle, you know, and, that, and in order to get to the middle requires that imagination requires vulnerability requires patience requires compassion and then from that place of this common ground of of i think everyone that's listening what we're doing here john it's like because we just want to have healthier and happier happier lives and yeah. more peaceful lives and um if we get too stuck on terms or ideas and I, and, and, we're, and we're really trying to break down and dissect them so they don't feel so threatening or so you know triggering in a lot of ways um like what what's possible it, living in an imagination of of knowing what is not working like what i mean to have a suicide rate of of, of men in the united states be 70 percent i mean i'm not saying it's all yeah. men but of all the suicides like it's like there's something that's not working yeah and yeah. we're and we're just trying to bring that awareness men talking about the mindfulness is just simply awareness um because like if we have if, if we're healthier men right and we're trying to help and teach and educate healthier men and everybody it's like how is that going to coming back to the rippling effect of of what's possible you know and, yeah. and i live continually yeah. in that imagination of uh of, of 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 living in a great planet you know and uh and really everybody we thrive by bonding together and part of that i wrote uh from the workshop today you know the, the mortar of relationship is compassion yeah i love that i love so, it yeah yeah and you mentioned uh, uh, helping everyone right and that's where i think both ed and ed and liz mentioned when we help one group we're not taking away from another group it's not a zero-sum game by like allowing people to be their authentic selves doesn't take away from other people it really lifts everyone up and if everyone is more authentic if everyone is allowed to be more closely to what they truly are then that helps everyone it helps society writ large so why would we not want to do that it's not going to take away from anyone so that said let's uh exactly. let's wrap it up with a, a, a quick grounding session you got it, brother uh, you're yeah. you're up john Let's do it. We'll do, uh, <laughs> let's uh, like, hey, we've we've talked about compassion a lot. We've talked about compassion the past three episodes, compassion tied to uh, masculinity and how you can be compassionate, how you can be self-compassionate. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with something that's gonna help out everyone who's watching and, and then everyone who's connected with everyone who's watching. So that said, go ahead and get into a comfortable position, whatever that looks like for you. And then if you feel comfortable doing so, close your eyes. And if not, just soften your focus. And then bring your attention, let's bring your attention rather than to your breathing, bring your attention to how you're feeling. Bring your attention to what emotions are running through your body, your mind right now, how those emotions are manifesting themselves. Perhaps they're manifesting as anger, as shame, as joy. None of these are necessarily wrong, but ask yourself why you're feeling those emotions. 
have compassion for yourself for feeling those emotions. And now imagine someone sitting next to you and trying to get a feel for what it is they are feeling emotionally and physically. And imagine yourself taking that person by the hand and literally lifting them up and figuratively lifting them up, giving them a hand, lifting them up. Now imagine two of you standing together, talking about what it is they're experiencing, and what it is you can do to help. And now I want you to imagine that person is you, that other person is a reflection of you. The emotions that they are feeling are the emotions you're feeling. What they need is what you need. What can you do to help yourself out? What can you do help those around you. We'll conclude with one deep cleansing breath. Bring your attention to your breath. Begin by breathing out all your air, bringing your navel to your spine. Breathe deep through your nose, down into your belly. Hold that and let it go nice and slow, breathing out through your mouth. When you're ready, go ahead and come out of the practice. Bring some movement back into your body. Open your eyes if they were closed or refocus your gaze. That's that. Thanks so Absolutely, much, Will. John. Oh, my God. Good pleasure to be here, John. Even yeah. in your car. It's all good. <laughs> and uh, I'm just fucking, I'm just fucking around. It's okay. It's okay. But, uh, uh, thanks, John. Thanks. And yeah, uh, hey, we'll be posting this. Thanks for everybody. Uh, lighting up the feed, commenting, being part of this. And, and again, subscribe, please. Comment. Uh, give us a review. Share this with your friends. And because um, we get to grow, grow and create uh, this conversation together and, uh, you know, a new world and a new definition. Uh, right. masculinity, uh, which will help everybody. So thank you. Thank you. And you, John, as well.
You too, brother. Take care. You got it, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.